This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. Today, uh, I want to talk about the, the subject of youth. And uh, uh, Kerry Jones, a while back at Amarillo, he had a great sermon about aging and, and kind of the process of that and what the Bible says about aging and what that means. And, and I really enjoyed that. And so I kind of wanted to do the same thing uh, for our youth and kind of what that means. And we've got some young people here kind of spread out, young couples, uh, high school age and such. And so I hope that this is edifying for y'all especially, but for uh, everyone else too. Uh, and it was kind of funny. I'd kind of kind of been playing with the idea of this. And then one day the, the verse of the day popped up on my phone. And it was First uh, Timothy 4 and verse 12. We won't turn there yet. Uh, but it's the verse that uh, Paul's talking to Timothy, and he says, Let no man despise your youth. And as I read that verse, I really, it kind of solidified the idea of talking about this, and we'll explore that verse later uh, into more depth. Uh, so what does, the, what does the Bible say about youth? Uh, the first place we'll turn is Ecclesiastes 11, verses 9 through 10. As y'all turn over, I'll give you a little uh, context. Ecclesiastes is often attributed to being written by Solomon, who was a very wise king, but he kind of misled himself. He was led away by all the pleasures of life, and he had about a thousand wives and concubines total, and, and he was very led away, but in Ecclesiastes, he kind of addresses that and tells people about the folly of being led away by the things of this world. And he addresses youth several times, both in Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, as y'all see today. And so we'll turn to Ecclesiastes 11, verses 9 through 10. He says, Rejoice, young man, during your childhood, and let your heart be pleasant during the days of young manhood. Follow the impulses of your heart and the desires of your eyes. Yet know that God will bring you to judgment for all these things. So remove sorrow from your heart and keep pain away from your body because childhood and the prime of life are fleeting. Uh, Solomon, he tells young people, he said, rejoice during your childhood. Enjoy the days of your youth. And he says, follow the impulse of your, impulses of your heart and the desires of your eyes. And you're kind of like, that doesn't really sound like what we teach. But he goes on and he said, but remember that God's going to bring you to judgment for these things. So really, I think he's saying, enjoy your youth, make the most of it, but do it in a godly manner. Because if we just live freely and do just whatever we desire, we are going to be judged for those someday still. But he said, while we're young, uh, try to keep pain and sorrow away from ourselves and, and enjoy the prime of life while it lasts. So I think that's a great way to kind of lead into this. And uh, I'd like to start off by kind of talking about the pros and cons, so to speak, of youth. And I'll try to not linger on these too much. Uh, but I think it's kind of important to look at, and we'll tie these in later why they're important. Some of the good things, the positives of youth. 
you know, young people as a general rule are more healthy and more able to do things. Uh, Solomon wrote about this as well, Proverbs 20 and verse 29. We'll just read the first part of the verse, Proverbs 20 and verse 29. The glory of young men is their strength. You know, we're at the age where our bodies are physically fit and we're able to go out and do things. And you hear older people say, if I only could do what they did, you know, if I only had my, my young body still. And that's a great blessing of youth. That's one of the main blessings you could say of youth is our ability. And uh, I read somewhere where you reach your prime kind of physical state somewhere between 30 and 40. And so uh, if you're in that age range and you think that this isn't about you, you're still young. And even if you're older, you may still have, you may be in your prime later. So uh, it's one of the great blessings of youth. Another one is time. And I don't really mean that we have a lot of time on our hands at any moment. A lot of parents would say that you don't because you've got your sporting events and your clubs and, and you've got to go to this and you've got to go to that and you're always running around. It seems like you don't have time, especially in high school or in college if you're in a bunch of clubs and such. But when I say time, I mean in the long run. We have time on our side as a general rule. You know, when I... I think of a lot of the things of life, you know, like having kids. That seems still like a ways down the road. And you think of uh, a lot of things, you know, buying a house or someday having grandkids. And these are all things that some of you have done. And yet it seems like a long way away for a lot of us younger people. And that's okay. We, we don't think of things time-wise the same that older people do. Uh, because we still have so much of it left. I like to tell people I'm 23. I like to tell people when I reach 25, I'll be a quarter of the way there. Do I really want to live to be 100? I don't know. Probably not. But some of y'all are probably telling me, no, you don't. But, but I like to think of having a lot more time ahead of me. Another thing, we have a drive, kind of a natural drive when you're younger to go out and to do things and to get things done. You want to go out and accomplish things uh, in our youth. And it's a drive that you see young people use a lot. You know, they're always trying to go and do the next thing and get things done. And, and there are definitely older people who still have that. But it's, it's really something you see a lot in a lot of younger people and not everyone. You see plenty of younger people that just want to sit on the couch too, sadly. But paired with that, we have the energy to match that drive. And to go out and to do things and, and people say, man, if I had their energy, it kind of goes back to the health. We have a considerable lack of commitments or responsibilities in our youth. And again, that's something that, depending on how you look at it, parents would say, no, they don't. They're committed to everything. We're going out every night. It's kind of the same as the time. But uh, until I reached college, I did not consistently pay for my own food. I didn't consistently buy my own clothes. I didn't pay bills. I didn't pay rent. Uh, a lot of those responsibilities were still, uh, my parents took those on, and I didn't have to worry about those things. Of course, of, of course, I go buy myself a snack sometimes, but I did not have to daily think about getting my own food. Uh, in our youth, unless you're a young couple, uh, you don't have to worry about tending to children or providing for your family. And as we age, 
even in our youth, we'll start to take on more of these responsibilities. But one of the blessings you could say of youth is not having as many of those. Uh, In our youth, we usually have a lot of family around us to learn from. And this church is a prime example of that. A bunch of you are related. and, And that's a big blessing for your young people to have so many family members around them to teach them and to care for them and and to nourish them. It was a big blessing to me. I knew uh, all of my grandparents, five of my great-grandparents, and even one great-grandma. Uh, me and Sister Nelda got to speak about that one time. It's it really a blessing to know my, my great-great-grandma at one point. It was quite a blessing, and I'm sure it is for your great-great-grandchildren as well. Uh, but it was very, very a very big blessing to me to have so many family members all around me who cared for me and and loved God and would speak to me about God. And if you're a family member of a younger person, uh, that's part of your role, uh, to help nourish them, to help uh, teach them about God and to help them develop in that way to be examples for them. And one of another one of the great uh, things about youth is Many of life's accomplishments happen in what you would consider your youth. Uh, just to start somewhere, you know, uh, at 16, you get your driver's license. Uh, you go on, you graduate high school. Many go to college, graduate college. You get your first real job, get your first real paycheck, um, buy a house, uh, and all these things, start a family, uh, and it's Many of those blessings happen when you're young, and it's a great, exciting time, and that kind of goes back to the drive and the energy that we have, and we uh, get to do a lot of those exciting things. But believe it or not, as much as I talk it up, youth has some of its pitfalls and its downsides as well. You know, uh, what, we, what we have in our uh, health and ability, we lack in experience, Uh, That same verse that we read, Proverbs 20 and 29, I'll read the rest of that. The glory of young men is their strength, but the honor of old men is their gray hair. And I don't believe that uh, that just means that gray hair looks great. You know, there's definitely some people here that pull it off good. But uh, I think that means the glory of an old man is their experience, what they've learned in life, their wisdom that comes from that. And that's something that we haven't earned yet as young people. Uh, We uh, gain that experience every day by the second thing. We make a lot of mistakes. And that's another part of youth that's very common. But uh, because we lack a lot of experience, we don't know that we should not do this or should not say that or should do this. And as a result, we make a lot of mistakes. We get in trouble in our early childhood. And then later on, it just hurts us financially or whatever, what we learn from our mistakes. Uh, Psalms 25 addresses this. Psalm 25, verse 7. The, uh, The writer says, Do not remember the sins of my youth or my wrongdoings. Remember me according to your faithfulness for your goodness sake, Lord. You know, this is not a new problem, uh, Young people have made mistakes since the beginning of time. Cain made some mistakes, and it resulted in his brother Abel being killed. 
And even here, the psalmist, it's, it's such a common problem. He said, please don't remember my mistakes. Don't remember my sins, but uh, remember me according to your faithfulness. And I think that's a beautiful prayer, something that we know that even if we make mistakes in our youth, that those aren't bound to us. We can ask for those to be forgiven. Uh, a very serious thing that, that you deal with in your youth is new temptations and new pressures. You know, uh, you get to junior high, and all of a sudden, the cool thing is to say bad words. And if you don't say a bad word, you're lame. You know, uh, you get a little older, and the cool thing is to drink this drink that makes you act stupid and makes you feel weird. And, and if you don't do that, you're not cool. And then you get a little older, and all of a sudden, you got to smoke something or, or snort something or whatever. And, and there's all these temptations of youth uh, that are bombarded. You know, if you don't do these things, you're not cool. If you don't do these things, you don't belong. You're a weirdo. You're boring. And you can't talk about the temptations of youth without talking about the sexual temptations that come. And that's something as you grow and as you mature that these new temptations come and, and you've got to learn how to face them. And if you don't, if you don't find help or, or find solace in the Word of God that they can really uh, make your life hard. That's a, that's a real pitfall of young people that can follow them for the rest of their lives is these temptations and pressures that can uh, really, really give you a lot of problems. A more lighthearted one. In our youth, we have very limited resources, so to speak. Uh, there are many times that I go and I want to go buy something at Sonic or go buy a drink or go buy a new something fun and then I look at my bank account and I think, maybe not this time. Uh, and that's okay. That's another part of youth. That's a part of learning and growing. And as we get older, we take care of that problem. But in our youth, we often lack uh, both not just money, but uh, maybe don't have as many friends as we'll gain later in life or many uh, helpers and such things. Uh, this is kind of going back to the drive and energy that young people have, but you see it a lot. The young people have the desire to do it all or to just keep constantly reaching that next stage in life. And that can be a good thing in moderation. You know, you keep moving and you keep getting better, but you also can just wish your life away. You know, for years and years of your childhood, you just want to get to 16. And when I can drive, it's going to be great. You just want to be 16. And you get to 16, and you get that driver's license, and it's great. And then you're like, if I can just get out of here. If I can graduate, if I can get off this farm, quit working like a dog, this would be great. And then you do that, and you're like, I just want to graduate college. You know, I want to work through this. I want to get out, and I want to work. And then you do that, and at some point in there, I'm not exactly sure, but at some point you kind of start looking back, and you're like, man, I wish I was still in high school and didn't have to work every day. Man, I wish I could go hang out with my friends instead of going and doing this, you know. And, and that's one of the parts of youth that can kind of stink if you let it, that you just wish your life away, and then before you know it, you're kind of looking back. Uh, kind of going back to the experience uh, or lack thereof, um, sometimes young people can be intimidated by people who are more experienced with them. And, that's another thing that you can learn from them and you can grow, but at the same time, especially 
in a position like this, you think, what can I teach these people when they can have so much more to teach me? You know, it's, it's a tough thing, but it's something that you have to realize that uh, anyone can learn from anyone. And, and uh, with the proper training, um, a lack of experience is not an excuse to, to not uh, further the gospel, so to speak, or to have an opinion about things. And the last one is kind of a funny one, but it's also kind of a serious topic. But I call it the fallacy of invincibility. That's kind of a big term, not really language I usually use, but basically the false belief or false thought of, our, of us being invincible or unable to be hurt. And you see that a lot with kids. You know, you, people say all the time, you just don't even realize what you could do to yourself. You know, you don't realize you can hurt yourself. You don't know what you're doing. And I think it's really a very big problem. You know, the... You hear a lot the joke that famous last words is somebody saying, watch this, or somebody saying, hold my beer. And it's kind of a funny joke, you know, but really it stems from a lot of truth. People are not experienced, haven't been there, and, and think that we can do something that's funny or something that's cool, and we want to impress people, and really it's very dangerous, and people get hurt, and people get killed. And it's a sad thing. Uh, there was a, a rodeoer uh, kind of down our area, more around Lockney or Florida. And, and my dad kind of knew this man personally. And he said this man definitely felt invincible. And uh, unfortunately, he passed away a while back doing what he liked. He was, he was riding a bull or a bronc, but it, it just went wrong. And, and, and that thing that he thought could never hurt him ended his life. I experienced this even on a more personal level, not me personally, thank goodness, but uh, uh, I didn't realize it, but the day that I really decided to work on this topic, it was a Saturday, and I started working on my plans and stuff, and I didn't know this till the next day, but that night, a friend of mine, not someone I knew really well, but someone that I'd known for a long time, went out to a party, and uh, this was a, a girl my age, 23, and she decided to take a hit of some kind of drug. And I don't know what it was, but uh, whatever it was, she overdosed and she passed away. And it was a, it's an ugly thing. Uh, I, I got to go to her funeral. And, and you see, you know, all these people, excuse me, all these people our age and older than her and younger than her uh, go to this funeral and, and mourn. And they talk about how she was so full of life and how she was so successful in her young life and she had so much ahead of her. And yet this, this thing that she thought would just be a, a small high, something fun to do, something cool, it ended her life. And I'd, I'd like to believe that if she would have known that day that that would have killed her, she would not have taken it. I'd like to think she wouldn't have been at the party, that she would have stayed home, uh, maybe talked to her family instead. But uh, this is something that if left unchecked, if we, if we don't take care to mind this, this can kill young people. And it's, it's a very bad problem that you see in a lot of youth. 
So now that I've got y'all kind of depressed, let's, let's look into what the Bible has to say about the topic. And I, I hope this is a more positive thing because uh, the, the Bible uh, has a plan for youth. And I hope we see that today, that when we follow the teachings of the gospel of Christ and we follow the plan that God has for us, youth is a blessing, not just to ourselves, but to the church. Again, uh, we read the passage in Ecclesiastes earlier. He said, enjoy your youth, you know, do what you want, have fun while you can. Uh, But he reminds us that God is going to hold us accountable for the things we do. And I want to further hammer that home in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 1. Just the very next chapter from where he was talking about uh, living life and enjoying your youth. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 1. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years approach when you will say, I have no pleasure in them. You know, he's talking about, in one verse he's talking about enjoying your youth before old age and the the troubles that come with that come along. But in Ecclesiastes 12, he further says, remember your creator, even in these young days. And I think not just remember him, obviously, but follow his commandments, follow his statutes, even in our youth. And I think that really sets a pattern for our life, that if we start early, we can just build on that. Uh, The main main idea that I have here that I really want to hammer home is we need to use our youth to spread the gospel. And uh, you can see this uh, in the passage that I kind of started out mentioning, 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12. While you turn to 1 Timothy 4 verse 12, I'll give you a little background. Timothy was a young man. He had a a Jewish mother but a Greek father. And uh, when Paul met him, Paul was on his journey, his missionary trips, and he came across Timothy And he was very impressed by this young man who didn't even know Jesus yet. And he was very impressed by his faith and his love for God. And so much so that he took him under his wing and Timothy started traveling with Paul. And uh, in this chapter, Paul is sending Timothy out to work on his own, to, to go to this island and preach the gospel and to bring followers to Christ. And so we'll pick up with that thought, 1 Timothy 4 verse 12. Let no man look down on your youthfulness, or let no man despise your youth, as some translations say, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example to those who believe. There's a lot to unpack there. We're going to kind of go through that, but start off... uh, This lets us know that even though Timothy was a young man, that he was not as experienced as Paul, he was still well-equipped. And thus, he had nothing to be ashamed of, nothing for men to look down on. Paul was not someone who would have sent Timothy out on his own if he was not prepared to be there. Uh, We read in other places where he has disagreements with Barnabas over uh, John Mark because he didn't believe that John Mark was prepared to even travel with them. And yet he's sending Timothy out on his own, and that's a testament to Timothy's knowledge and his ability to do this job. Uh, We won't read here, but in Acts 16, it details when Paul found Timothy, 
And it said that Timothy was highly spoken of by the people around, by the Jews around. And so he already had this faith. He already had the beginnings. Uh, but we'll look at what else he had that, that made him prepared to share the gospel to others, even in his youth. The passage says that youth, that young people need to be an example to others in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And I don't think that that's the complete list, but that's kind of, that kind of covers everything up. I think that's kind of a good umbrella that everything should go under. We need to be an example to others around us in our speech. That's one of the things that I talked about. One of the, the temptations or the, the uh, troubles of youth is that often they want to develop bad speech. Ephesians 4 and verse 29 addresses this. <clears throat> Paul, speaking to the Ephesians, Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but if there is any good word for edification according to the need of the moment, say that so that it will give grace to those who hear. That word unwholesome, uh, in some translations, is rotten. Let no rotten word come out of your mouth. And I don't think that just means the, the single words that we say, but I think the content of our speech, what, the things that we choose to talk about, the way that we choose to talk about people and such things. We need to keep that out of our mouth and be an example to others in that way. I've never heard somebody talk with filthy language and say bad words, and I've thought, I'm going to ask them about the gospel. I'm going to ask them how to get to heaven. Because whether or not they know, they're not presenting themselves in a godly way. And we have to, we have to watch that. That's a, something that people really pick up on and can really uh, hurt our credibility. In addition to speech, we need to be an example to others in our conduct, the way that we act every single day. They say that action speaks louder than words, and that's definitely true. <clears throat> Philippians 1 and verse 27 addresses this really well. Philippians 1 verse 27. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see or see you or remain absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. We have a reputation that we need to keep as Christians. Just as we have to have a reputation of clean speech and such, our actions are seen by others. Uh, last week... I heard a great sermon by Justin Westbrooks in Amarillo, and he talked about hypocrisy and the hypocrisy of the, uh, I just went blank, the scribes and the, um, I don't know, the, the Jews of the Jews, so to speak. I'm sure y'all know who I'm talking about. And, and he talked about how they preached these things and how you have to do these things, and their preachings were correct, but they didn't live by their own teachings. They were doing all these horrible things. They were taking advantage of people. And they were doing things for their own glory. They were being hypocritical. And if we're going around and we're preaching the gospel of Christ, but we're not living it, we're undermining everything that we say. And we're just hurting those who we preach to. 
he talked about, uh, he read a verse, and I don't have it written down, but Christ said that the, these people will go miles by land, by sea, to convert one person, and in the process, by their conduct, they'll damn them to hell. And if we're not careful, if we are hypocritical about our actions, we can do the same thing. If we say one thing but do another, uh, we can lead other people astray. We need to be an example to others by our love. And I don't have a verse for this. There are a lot of verses about love. Uh, one is, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. That was sacrificial love. We need to have love for others. You know, Timothy loved his, he loved others around him so much that he left his home to go and to preach the gospel. He left the relative comfort of being under Paul and studying under him to go out on his own and to be challenged both by his youthfulness and, and by his beliefs. And he went out and he preached the gospel by himself. And he didn't do that because he likes to travel and he likes to meet people. He did that because he wanted to save souls. And he loved the people that were across from him. And he knew the value that God placed on their souls. And he placed the same value. And that's, that's the love that we need to have for others. And that's, we need to be examples to others of that love. We need to be examples to others by our faith. Romans 10 and 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, Timothy wasn't just born a faithful young man, but he grew in that faith as he, as he grew up, and he studied the Bible. He studied the word of God that they had at the time, the, the old law, and he followed that, and he studied on that every day, and that's what we have to do too. We don't just gain faith magically but faith comes by the word of God and so we need to diligently seek the word and and build our faith every day we need to pray for that faith to increase we need to be an example to others in purity and this is another thing that goes back to the temptations of the youth and the hard things that are faced there but we cannot uh, and it also kind of reflects on our conduct you know if if people see that we are being impure in our lives and that we are not practicing what we preach, so to speak, again, we lose all credibility. And we also lose that connection with God. We separate ourselves with our sin. Psalms 119 and verse 9 addresses this idea. This is another topic that's definitely not new. Psalms 119 and verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? by keeping it according to your word. This is written to God, so we can sub in by keeping it according to God's word. We have to diligently study the scriptures. The temptations that we face are not a new temptation. We have to see what the Bible says about those and turn to it for comfort and turn to it and to find a way out of our, our temptations. Paul, speaking to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, in verse 22, addresses this. 2 Timothy 2, verse 22. Now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. You know, that makes me think back to, to Joseph, the son of Jacob, when he was in Potiphar's house. And he was tempted by Potiphar's wife, and he fled 
So much so that when she grabbed his clothes, he threw them off and he kept running. He fled from that, uh, the lust that he felt. And he got out of there, the temptations that he was put under. This passage also interests me because it says, flee from these lusts, free from these things. It says, with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. You know, these sins have a habit of, of separating us from each other. And we feel alone in our sins. And we feel like we're the only ones who are facing these things. Or maybe it's embarrassing. It's a hard topic. But we are not alone. We have a body of Christians who probably either have been through the same thing at some point or at least understand it. And they want nothing more than to pray for us and to keep us accountable. And we need to be with those who call on the Lord. And we need to sharpen ourselves in that way. And we need to keep ourselves pure and be an example to others in that purity. <clears throat> and when we do these things, when, we're, when we have our clean speech, when we keep our conduct in check, when we show others, to show love to others and have a faith for God and, and stay pure, we are an example to others of what a believer should be, and it's a great blessing to them. And we need to take advantage of the resources I talked about earlier that we do have in our youth, of our health and our abilities, our energy and our drive. And we need to put those to spreading the gospel and furthering that. We also need to take advantage of, of the people and the, the things around us that we have that can so benefit us in our youth. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5 tells us we need to take advantage of our family. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5. I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I'm sure that it is in you as well. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. Uh, his faith did not just come from his own work, but his mom was a very faithful woman, and his grandma was a very faithful woman. And obviously this had a big impact on Timothy and how he grew as a young man. And while we're young and we have the resource of family around us, we need to take advantage of that as well. We need to ask them questions about the Bible. We need to tell them the things that we're dealing with, and we need to grow from them. And the reverse of this is that family members, older family members, you have an obligation to your young family members to, to nurture them, to teach them, to help them grow, and to be someone that they can go to with hard questions. <clears throat> and drilling in a little bit more, we need to take advantage of having our parents around when we're young. This is mentioned in Proverbs 1, verses 8 through 9. <clears throat> it's another passage where Solomon's talking to us about youth. He says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath on your head and ornaments around your neck. Our parents, as young people, as a general rule, our parents want the best things for us. They want us to grow up to be young men and women who are great examples of Christian values. They want us to, uh, to be a lie. They want us to ultimately get to heaven. 
and they're going to try to teach us the best things that they can to get there. Nobody's perfect. No teaching is exactly perfect, but they're going to strive every single day to do the best that they can to lead us towards salvation. And we need to take advantage of that. We need to listen when our parents tell us something because more times than not, it's for our own good. We need to take advantage of the elders that we have. And y'all been blessed. Y'all have elders here and deacons and, and many people even outside of the official leadership of the church who are leaders who, who want to help. Uh, Peter addresses this in 1 Peter 5 and verse 5. 1 Peter 5, verse 5. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders. And all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Our elders are put in place, not just for our benefit, not just for their benefit. They're here to shepherd the flock. Their goal is to lead the entire congregation as well as they can and to put the needs of the congregation before any individual's needs, including their own. And that's a great resource to have because they may not tell us something that we want to hear or something that they even want to say, but if it's something that's the best for the congregation, they're duty-bound to, to strive for that and to put the needs of the congregation first. And that's exactly what we need to do is to put the kingdom first. And so we need to rely on the resource of our elders. And luckily that's something that doesn't pass away with youth as some of these other things. But hopefully we'll always have elders to lead us. And we need to take advantage of the scripture. And this is another thing that's not limited to our youth. But so many of these verses, when you look at them, they go back to scripture, you know. Timothy had faith, and he had a faith because he was in the scriptures. Timothy was a pure man, and he was pure because he relied on the scriptures to keep him pure. As the psalmist said, the word of God keeps us pure, and we need to take advantage of that. And luckily, that's another thing that's not limited to our youth. And we need to take advantage of our broader church family. As I talked about earlier, uh, everyone is striving for the same goal. And any person would love to help a fellow Christian, I believe. Uh, and that's part of it. As, just as we need to be examples, we need them to be examples to us. And I challenge you all to, to be those examples to each other, young or old. Uh, everyone can be an example to someone else of, of great Christian living and, and earning our salvation. And these things, you know, this is... Uh, it's... It's the plan that the, the gospel has for us. Youth, youth is a great thing. But as we talked about, it's, it's got its downsides. But what we need to do is we need to arm ourselves with the word of God and the resources that we've get, been given. And we need to use the benefits of our youth to spread the word of God. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard, or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.